Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We have a jam-packed house today, jam-packed show. Today we got Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Tim Lee. We are uh, over Zoom today, so if the sound quality is not what you're used to, apologies. But uh, listen, a lot to get into, and we do have to get into that big game last night. Cowboys at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as a, when I say lifelong suffering Cowboys fans, listen, I had a great beginning to my life as a Cowboys fan. Three Super Bowls in four years, no uh, problem there. Very blessed. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, t- uh, fans of teams don't get to experience that but i will tell you the past 25 years this team has been absolutely hot garbage come january so i have no expectations that they are going to win come this time of year and again the last time the cowboys won a road playoff game was back in those 1990s days they beat san francisco back in the uh, 93 championship game i think last time they won a road playoff game so my expectations of them going into tampa going to be Tom Brady that that had defeated them all seven times he's played them in his career very low um and mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay was favored in the game not, no sorry the Cowboys were favored but again I I uh, had no expectation that the Cowboys were going to win that game not only do they win the game I um am trying to calm myself because I'm beginning <laughs> to have uh, thoughts here thoughts that I did not think I would have this time of year thoughts of the Cowboys going into San Francisco and beating Brandon's San Francisco 49ers after what happened a year ago. Um, listen, the way they played, the only problem with this team is the kicker. Uh, I, but I do think we do have to take a second to appreciate we will never see this again in the history. We've never seen it before and we'll never see it again. Not only did he miss four straight PATs, five straight total. He only he missed the one he took the previous week against Washington. He missed four straight against Tampa Bay. It didn't matter. So that's why you you can kind of uh, put him out there for the fifth PAT try, which he made, which I think from what we've heard is going to save his job amazingly. And he's going to remain the kicker. But guys, let's start there. Cowboys, not only do they beat Tampa Bay, they blow them out. A game was not close. Um, and now we have a really exciting game in the divisional round this upcoming Sunday. Cowboys 49ers. When GA and I were kids, that that was sort of the like annual championship game. That was the de facto Super Bowl. Brandon, I'm going to start with you because it's Cowboys 49ers. And my friend, if you weren't nervous before, you got <laughs> to be a little nervous now. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys look like a completely different team. They look like they're the second best team in the NFC besides the 49ers right now. I, I always kind of think like the Eagles the past like eight weeks kind of hobbled into the one seed. 
Um, the Cowboys look like a better football team. In fact, I'll say it now. I think whoever wins this 49ers-Cowboys game is going to the Super Bowl. I really do. I don't care who wins the Eagles-Giants game. Either of those teams are losing to the Cowboys and Niners if the Cowboys play like they did last weekend and if the Niners continue to play the way they are. I'm very excited for this game. You know, I you could have got an easy matchup in the Bucks or the Vikings, but we get the Cowboys, the team I was probably least excited to play, only mm-hmm. because we played them last year. And, you know, you know how that goes, like revenge games. It's going to be close. We know it's going to be close. However, this game's at home. Um, I saw I forgot who it was on the NFL Network said a great quote saying the 49ers are unbeatable right now because it's like happy learned how to putt and happy Gilmore with Christian McCaffrey and all those. And it was a great quote. And I'm like, yeah, they should win the Super Bowl. But like, this is a tough game. This is going to be a very tough game for them. But I do think if the Niners win this game, they will be going to the Super Bowl. Um, and same for the Cowboys. I mean, Dak looked excellent. It looked like a completely different player. The run game, very fluid. And remember, the 49ers gave up about 80 yards to Kenneth Walker last weekend. So it's not like they're, they've been as dominant against the run. They're certainly not great against elite receivers. And CeeDee Lamb should have a huge game against them. It's going to be about Brock Purdy. Can he take care of the ball? Will he turn the ball over? If he turns the ball over, the Cowboys are going to win. But if Dak turns the ball over, the Niners are going to win if Brock Purdy can ha- can hang on to the ball. So I think it'll go down the wire. Um, I'm hoping the Niners win by 15 so I don't have to sweat. But uh, I- I'm thinking it'll be a-, a very close game for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that this is going to be all on the quarterback, right? Because look, if you look at the defense for both squads, pretty solid. If you look at all the weapons that you know, Brock Purdy has and Dak Prescott has, It's you guys are very evenly matched when it comes to the weapons, right? Um, uh, the whiteouts, the, uh, Chris McCaffrey, for me, is going to be the defining factor for you mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, they have Zeke. Yeah, they have, um, you know, maybe a few other options. And I guess their backup running back is better is doing better than, um, than Ezekiel Elliott's doing right now. But I think that your primary element is going to be that quarterback, that's going to be the defining factor for you guys is can you depend on Brock Purdy to lead you to the promised land? I'll put a little more respect on Tony Pollard uh, than just saying the backup running back. I, I want to say a couple of things in terms of like, I don't want to like damper the mood for a rush. Cause you guys, I mean, obviously <laughs> they played a great game. They played finally like a complete game. Dak looked like he was confident. He was confident in his progressions. He was confident in his running ability. There was confidence, right? Like that was always an issue with him. In my opinion, like, would the confident Dak show up or would it be the guy who has the yips, which apparently then transferred over to your kicker. So uh, I'm not sure what that's going to happen from a week to week basis, but both teams had a little bit of awards on their first uh, playoff appearance. I wasn't too high on the bucks. So I was just kind of like, okay, they're, they're probably just going to handle business. And then Brock, like Brock Purdy didn't look great uh, for like 75 to 80% of that first game that he played in the playoffs. Obviously, I'm not putting that many expectations on him either because he played pretty much like a bottom 10 quarterback and is still won by 40. So does it really matter at this point if he plays poorly because like the Niners just keep on winning regardless of the fact that he plays well or plays poorly? It doesn't seem to matter that much. Like for me, Dallas beating Bucks was, was like an expected result. I needed to see Dallas put together a complete game. And they did like they had a 20%, 28%, I think, pressure rate against Brady, who typically doesn't get pressured that often because his release point is so fast. But the Bucks legitimately just looked pretty bad on every single front. I mean, their defense looked like they were going to hold, but then Dak looked like he was supposed to be an elite quarterback, like he was always praised to be, and he kind of just sliced them up. So to me, business as usual, I didn't want to damper it. I felt like that was like 
completely what Dallas is supposed to do. Uh, the real test, obviously, in my opinion, the real playoffs for them starts next week. I freaking knew this was going to happen. The Cowboys <laughs> beat a terrible Tampa Bay team and were acting like they have a chance against the 49ers. I really think that the 49ers, the spread I think is four. I would take the 49ers all day because this team, Brock Purdy just needed a half to adjust to the playoffs. This guy's eluding all kinds of pressure that he's facing in the pocket, stepping up, looking like he's a 10-year vet. The only thing that would worry me if I'm San Francisco is if the Cowboys punch you in the mouth first and then the building that's going to be 50% Cowboys fans, if they get into the game early and make it loud in there and then make Purdy even more nervous, then I think the Cowboys have a chance. But I think the Niners are going to get a good start early in this game. Purdy's nerves are going to be gone and I think they're going to smash the Cowboys. All right, so here's the thing. So the Cowboys won their first playoff game, road game, first road playoff game in 30 years. So, yeah, take, take <laughs> wow. a second, take a second yeah. and enjoy that moment. Uh, because This is a successful it, season. Yeah, um, uh, I, would like to, I would like to say that um, all of you got, well, not all of you, not maybe not Tim, but like, um, were all of you even born back then? No. Yes. The, yeah, yes. That, well, right? so Tim was, right? But none of the Yeah, no, Tim, I think Tim's the exception. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Like, how okay, incredible is that? So when, when you say, like, yes, definitely, when you go into Tampa, a team that won the Super Bowl two years, uh, I, I really do think the way that Tom Brady played, he does have to consider retirement again there, there was there was talk about you know him going to san francisco that makes zero sense now las vegas i mean do you even want him i mean there is a chance that not only did they win their first playoff game in 30 years going on the road to beat a team that won the super bowl two years ago but may have been to tom brady's career so yes you could take a few moments to celebrate enjoy that moment the key to play in san francisco here is this is a team as brandon mentioned you played a year ago. You lost by six points, and there's still a, a lot of guys on that team that felt not that they were robbed, but they were robbed of one last play. If you remember, down by six, driving in a position to get one play, and the official comes in, repositions the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team, and it's like, not that they were robbed of a win, they were robbed of one last play. And so it's a six-point game. So I, I really don't view this, again, I'm kind of viewing this game the same way. I, I can't imagine the Cowboys go into their first conference championship game since 1996. It's been such a long time. I don't, they're not favored. So I, I don't expect them to go into San Francisco and win this game, but I do expect it to be a close game. And, and a part of that does go to listen, we played this team before. Cause you know, when they, when they played them a year ago, the talk was, oh my God, this is the first time since 1993. Again, none of these guys were there. They don't remember that. They right. do remember this game a year ago, and they're like, this is the game we wanted. So again, who knows what will happen. I do think it'll be a very close game, though. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is look, at, at this point, this is going to be a test for the Niners. They really haven't played a good vo football team in a long time. You know, it's been, it's been a few weeks. Um, are they prepared? I, I do agree with Armand. I do think that if Dallas comes out with a, a punch early, that's their best shot. Cause if the Niners start scoring early, this game is probably over for Dallas because then you put even more pressure on Dak. Dak is better when he's ahead, not behind. Um, that's been evident in the past. Either way, this is a successful season for the Cowboys. I know Jerry expects them to win the Super Bowl every year. But you got to adjust those expectations. They literally want a playoff game on the road and say what you want about how terrible the Bucks are. It's still hard to beat Tom Brady in a playoff game. Yeah. And I know that team is awful, 
but it's still very difficult. Armand, but, what do you want to add? But, but Brandon, if they get blown out in San Francisco, is it still a successful season? No. Yeah, yes, because that's the best team in the NFL they're playing. Yeah, what do you can't. think, Arash? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Cowboys fans are like the Laker fans, unfortunately. So I do, realistically, you put together back-to-back 12-win seasons, first time since the 90s, win a road playoff game, first time since the 90s. At some point, though, we have to move this thing forward. At some point, you right. got to get to the conference championship game. The fact of the matter is they did not win the division. So, yes, you won 12 games. You won a road playoff game. Um, but you bring up a good point. Listen, if they lose close, they're not going to be happy. But I do think you can look back at the season as being a good season. If you get blown out, I mean, if, if the final result is similar to what happened to the Seahawks, hard to say, hey, that was a great year. I mean, again, at some point you have to move the ship forward. I mean, at some point you got to get to the conference championship game. You got to get to the Super Bowl. You got to do things. And again, the, the talent on paper says, they are in that top five. They are in that conversation. Now, can they get there? That's the big question. But but speaking of teams that are good, good on paper, oh, no. trying to move the ship forward, we got to talk about Tim Lee's uh, Chargers here. Not only, listen, we can talk about what happened in that uh, terrible loss to the Jaguars. Again, 27 and nothing. Tim Lee's taking a victory lap because that wasn't <laughs> predicted. That's in a nap. He did, he did predict that, that this game would not be close, and he was right. Uh, they, they took a nap too, Tim, did not show up for the second half. So we found out uh, today that Brandon Stanley will likely be back. But listen, t- to come back, he had to make wow. some changes. So the offensive coaches have been shown the door beginning today. Offensive coordinator, yeah. uh, Joe Lombardi, quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, they're all gone. Is that enough? I mean, the fact of the matter is they did give up a 27 to zero lead. So it's not just on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, Tim, because you weren't with us yesterday. I will give the floor to you, my friend. Your thoughts sure. on not only the Chargers, the way that they lost the game, but they're basically saying we like what Brandon Staley has done. He's coming back. Well, the pertinent news, obviously, Lombardi had to be gone. That was yeah. the scapegoat. He was going to be gone no matter what. So everybody was wondering whether or not Staley would retain his job. Uh, there was a lot of, I think it was mostly favoritism that Staley was going to keep his job because they wanted to see a third year. But uh, as far as that game, I, I have to give props to, to Peterson, right? Like he, he outcoached Staley pretty much throughout the second half, even though the team looked absolutely horrible. But like that was props to his development for Lawrence. He's He's been from a below average EPA guy, right? With an expected point added quarterback which I think he was minus 2.5 last year, which was 44th in the league, to like 1.8 this year, which is eighth. It's a huge improvement for a guy who's supposed to be a generational quarterback. And he had more improvement this year on EPAs per dropbacks, which is like the most important stat for a QB, if you want to consider it as a uh, a, a stat plus. Now, I know Brandon likes his advanced statistics, but EPA is like what you consider for a quarterback to have points added for every single time they use a drop back. So for Lawrence to have that kind of improvement, it makes sense that he was supposed to show out. But Peterson as a coach against Staley, he sniped out individual matchups on defense. Like I know the Chargers are known for being a great weak side quarters concept defense or a deep crossing prevention defense or like a big DB personnel package. But he kept on sniping guys like Asante Samuel to, to have like ETN tackle, like to, to have ETN be the guy who has it be be tackled for like a first down he had multiple i guess like deep crossing routes for kirk for even like marvin jones 
and he had like specific matchups mapped out in the second half against Staley. So I, I can't hate him too much for for out coaching a guy. I mean, he was great during fourth down as well. So I don't know that what happened to like the fourth down Staley that we were like used to. He was like so inconsistent. I, I think that it boiled down to like coaching decisions in the second half, but it obviously like talent wise, uh, I don't know. It should it should have been a wash. Ahead, yeah, man. and can I? I just want to respond to that too, Tim. I think like it, it's more about Trevor Lawrence being a generational talent, being able to throw four interceptions and then and Doug Peterson being a great coach and then coming right. back and being like, yo, like, like people, his teammates are telling him like, you're Trevor Lawrence, like go out there and play like Trevor Lawrence, you know, mm-hmm. because Asante Samuel and the Chargers defense look elite in the first half. Right. And he comes back. He did a good job. Why Doug Peterson was ever fired um, in Philadelphia I, I don't know. I mean, I know Nick Sirianni's done a good job. And look, even with the roster he has, it's pretty flawless. You have to be a good coach to win 14 games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I still think Doug Peterson was that dude. He should have gotten a lifetime contract. I know he didn't want to draft Jalen Hurts, and that might have been obviously a bad decision if we look at Jalen Hurts now. But uh, I really am so high on Doug Peterson as a coach. I would be shocked if him and Trevor Lawrence don't win a Super Bowl in the next five years. I really think they could get there. Like he's arguably the smartest coach left in the in the entire field. Yeah, I think he might be the best oh. coach available. Oh yeah. come on! I mean, I'm serious. Andy Reid, Shanahan. Yeah, well, Shanahan. Hold up, hold up. Shanahan has to win. Shanahan should be in that. Shanahan has to be in that discussion. He has to win Andy in the fourth Reed. quarter first, bro. Yeah, I, I, I like Andy Reid as a coach. I think he's a great coach, but I don't know. I, I've never seen Andy Reid do individual. Specific Bro, micromanagement like this. I don't think people realize the Jaguars had two straight number one picks. Two straight. And Doug Peterson literally comes in and all of a sudden they're in the divisional room. Right. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I know they spent a lot of money in the offseason. That's still crazy. You got to look at the touchdown routes for like the Jaguars in the second half. Most of those routes weren't like missed coverage. It wasn't broken coverage. Those were specific set plays that he did to design to set up and target specific players to the Chargers. Like he he saw what they were going for. He saw the quarters concept that they like to do to like absolutely harass teams with their speed and their agility and their and their overall physicality. And he absolutely punished them for it. Like you, you don't do that when you're a bad coach. And like I don't do I don't see that from other coaches doing individual targeting like that to set up huge plays. Like I I think talent wise everybody was in agreement that like the Chargers were just better than the Jaguars. And yet the Jaguars in the second half proved that they were a better team. It it just doesn't make any sense. The important thing with Staley to remember, and again, I know a lot of Chargers fans and a lot of people out there were like, okay, he shouldn't be allowed on the plane and and all that kind of stuff. The, the, The coach, again, attached to the job, and the coach that I believe wanted the job is Sean Payton. The important thing to know with Sean Payton is he is still under contract with the Saints. So what does that mean? It it means that the Saints will require some high level of compensation. You're talking at least a first round pick. That's from what I've heard, at least a first. So first plus, so, you know, first plus a second, first plus something else. I don't think the Chargers wanted to do that. A, B, I don't think they want to just pay off Staley and give Sean Payne what he wanted, which, you know, again, he could want one of these 10-year, $100 million contracts. The Spanos family will not do that. And again, I think also they like Staley. They like the progression this team has made in his first year, first year to his second year. Um, but man, what a brutal way to lose. Again, seven to zero. And so that's that's the problem that, that I have there. Um, 
Yeah. And so listen, I, I think the question is, does do the do the guys trust Daly? And again, I think you're supposed to say the right thing post game right. when you're in the locker room. But Tim, I mean, where is the trust level with Staley? I mean, do you believe again, we really do have to know, by the way, how hurt the Chargers were this year. It's not like this was a one hundred percent healthy team this entire year. I mean, the fact that they got to the playoffs and really should have won at least a playoff game. I thought that was an amazing job he did. Right. I think Brandon mentioned it in a previous show that this is a guy who's great at defense. And yet here he is like calling plays on the offense and obviously like showing out that he can't really have that capability. The issue with him, like you mentioned that they were injured, but like, why do they lose their $20 million receiver before the big game? Mike Williams was supposed to be questionable. And all of a sudden now he has a broken back. That's like the coach's decision to like, why are you playing him in a meaningless game on week 17 or like a, 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 a 17th game? I don't know. To me, like he seems incapable of great decisions. Maybe he's just better as a coordinator. But like you said, if the coaching staff and the team has faith in him, then he'll, he'll keep getting his reps. Yeah. And by the way, the, the, the name that I would look for, by the way, for the offensive coordinator for both the Chargers and the Rams, Cliff Kingsbury. Look out for that name. I know he's in Thailand enjoying his life, but, uh, <laughs> but by the way, he could, he could come back. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, Grant Mona, when we return on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan of Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. By the way, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, home of the Dallas Cowboys in Hawaii. So they will uh, have the game this Sunday. All right, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our, hot, our hotline, 310 well, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. By the way, Circus Sports, a great place to watch the divisional round, which is, by the way, my favorite weekend of the year because you got two big games on Saturday, two big games on Sunday, leading us into Conference Championship Sunday, leading us into the Pro Bowl. Let's go out to our good friend, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's... Uh... It's a good weekend. It was a really good weekend for football. I think it's not as quite as good as last year's. I remember last year we had every game coming down to a field goal, but yeah, um, yeah some good football coming up. By the way, I forgot to tell you guys the reason I was a little bit dark on our uh, text exchange, you know, because I wanted to take the victory lap. Not early, like even when they were up at the <laughs> beginning. I mean, we had just seen what happened to the Chargers. Like, I, I wasn't. He learned from me. He learned from my mistakes. Exactly. Um, I was in Costa Mesa. Mark Sanchez was out there serving drinks for his new tequila company. And so I was out there hanging with uh, USC great Jets quarterback, great 
I feel sad that he's known for a particular fumble, but listen, I had a good time hanging out with uh, Mark Sanchez. Um, Grant, uh, let's start here, and again, because I think we're going to be talking about this game this week because it's my Cowboys. Brandon's 49ers. Uh, Your uh, thoughts on that game going into this big matchup on Sunday? Well, I don't know if you guys saw what I put in the chat uh, last night, but I put this whole theory together about how the Cowboys could have a similar run. I know Brandon's not going to like it. Arash, uh, here we it, go. But, Money more. The Cowboys. It. Here we go. So the Rams were a four. They were a four seed last year. The Cowboys are five. So kind of similar. They both went and played on a Monday night and they won their first game against a struggling team coming in. They then go and play the two-seed, who the Rams played the Bucks last year in Tampa. They go and beat the two-seed in a thriller on the road, which the Cowboys have the opportunity to do this week. They then go and play a division rival who got in oh, because of an upset. So last year, it was the Niners beating the Packers. This year, it could be the Giants over the Eagles. Who knows? So then you play a division rival in an FC Championship game. You beat them in a thriller again at home, because the Cowboys would be at home. And you go and play in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. It's eerily similar and it's kind of a run if the cowboys were to make a run that's what it would look like and i know brandon you're not going to like it and look the niners are still probably the best team in, in the nfl so it, it's it's a long shot but that theory it's kind of similar it's it's eerily similar to what the rams did last year in terms of a team that was not really expected to do a lot and then they just play their best ball in the playoffs and so, real, real quick grant i mean not only were you right in terms of the, the seating and all that but you know they, they, they would have to go to Tampa and win, as the Rams did a year ago. They would have to play mm -hmm. San Francisco, as the Rams did a year ago. Brandon, you'll love to hear it. You'll love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, it's you know, I, if it's a coincidence, it would have happened two years ago. But it didn't. It would have happened three years. It, it didn't. It did not. And the, the Rams were a four seed. The Cowboys are a five seed. I just, I... I really just want the Niners to just smash them like Armand said and just send them home. I really just want Of course want that. you do. By the way, just, just, to give you, just to give you guys a sneak peek at Brandon, like if they do smash them, if they're up 21 points in the fourth quarter, Brandon will be like, this is not enough. This team is not looking good. They are not a championship team. Oh, my God. If you guys had a preview of this text exchange we do, it's like, Seven nothing. This game is over. <laughs> Hand him the MVP. All right, Tim. The voice of reason here. You have no the dog in this race. I don't have a dog. Um, all right, come on, bro. Come on. The I mean, I, I, I have to, to be honest, full full transparency. I have no expectations. Me wanting to go to San Francisco. It's really speaking to my childhood. I mean, back in ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. I mean, this was my Super Bowl. I mean, the Cowboys. Playing the 49ers, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, Ricky Waters, and Emmett Smith. You go down the list, it was incredible. Um, Tim, it's a three and a half, four point spread. Mm -hmm. But again, as you know, the home team generally gets three. So I mean, I think the the general perception from the uh, sharps is this one's gonna be a close one. Right. That means it's probably a pick 'em for a lot of people in terms yeah. of like the line makers. But I think the last week was a good indicator of just how good Dallas's defense can play. Pressure rate is really important, right? And like Purdy hasn't had to face a defense that has had great pressure rate. So it'll actually be a first for him to see somebody or a team that will give him the multiple looks that McCarthy's defense can give him. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how he performs under that situation. But as mentioned before, I mean, San Francisco has had 
mediocre to okay quarterback play, but the skill positions and the defense has been good enough to just kind of light up any team that's played. I know Brandon mentioned that they haven't played a great team in like three or four weeks. I think it's because they made them look like bad teams, right? Like Seattle isn't a bad team and San Francisco was second half just performed at a, at a rate and a level that it was just unsustainable for Seattle to catch up on. So my fear for, for, for Dallas, if they want to stick with the game, and I know everyone's considering them an underdog, which I think is rightfully so. It's, it's whether or not Dak can kind of keep up, right? I mean, Dak is supposed to be touted as the guy who's supposed to save the franchise. He's the one that took Tony Romo's job, right? So he's supposed to be the guy who takes Tony Romo's shortcomings, which was the playoffs, and then make them his own strengths. And it hasn't been the case so far. So most of the questions will come down to that. I know Jerry has expectations, right? You don't hire McCarthy to not be a Super Bowl contender. You don't put as much money on that defensive line or that offensive line as far as like just how much money they've expended for this like team to be not a Super Bowl contender. So at, like you mentioned before, at a certain time, it's kind of like put up or shut up, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'd be really looking forward to this one. We have some... Um some odds here. Want to uh, read this to you guys? Will Tom Brady retire? Yes, right now plus one ten. No, minus one fifty. Um, and then the, the the team he can go to because no matter what, he's played his last game in Tampa Bay. I mean, that was pretty apparent from the press conference where he kind of thanked Tampa, thanked the reporters, thanked the organization, all that stuff. So he said his goodbye to Tampa. If Tom Brady uh, does come back. Las Vegas at three to one. The Jets. I don't know why they're on the board, but I guess you're looking at teams that need quarterbacks seven to two. He's not going back to the Patriots. I mean, really, it's either he's retiring or he's going to reunite with Josh McDaniels. Uh, Grant, let's start with you. I mean, again, not a good year. I definitely want to get Tim's thoughts because he's really tracked Tom did this entire season, and he kind of called that game uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, if you're advising. Tom Brady, should he come back? Um, I, I think it, I think he should have retired after that twenty twenty title. In my yeah. opinion, you know, go go out after that. Um, mm-hmm. He came back and there he was actually really good last year. Um, not this year, but last year, and you know they got beat by the Rams. And this year he was just he had pretty good sets, but it just wasn't as good as Brian, like good Tom Brady. So I think that you know I think that he does come back another year. I just do not think it's going to be with the Bucks. I think he's fed up with Todd Bowles. He's fed up with Byron Leftwich. Like that 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 whole offense was just there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of offensive line issues. I think his his best option is the Raiders. And I know a lot of people are against this, but I do think that if he goes to the Raiders, they have a great core. They have you know, Darren Waller. They have Devontae Adams. They have Hunter Renfro. I mean, they have a decent offensive line. They have Max Crosby on the other side. I mean, they have a pretty good team and it's a big market. It's a brand new stadium. He's a, you know, you know how good he is with his marketing. He's going to thrive in Vegas. So it's just a matter of if, if, if the feeling is mutual, but I think that, that the Raiders are the best option there. They're past Derek Carr right now. And it's a big market. It's a good team. And you know, he gets to play in a, in a warm weather climate. So I think that's the best option for him right now. Tim, you, you kind of called this, I mean, because listen, I'm always glass half full. I'm, I'm saying this is sort of a down year for Tom Brady. That being said, they still win the division. He's still be- playing a home playoff game. But you've, you've kind of said this entire year that, that, that this is the, the end of Tom. Yeah, physically, he just doesn't look like Tom Brady. Uh, you're, you're accustomed to seeing a lot of things that he's supposed to do from his career, and he just really didn't do a lot of the throws that he's known and capable of doing. I wouldn't really throw away the Patriots as a return home. I, really? Wouldn't, I really wouldn't throw away a reunite. Like, 
the hard feelings with him and Belichick. That's all yeah. like press made, right? Like, I don't think they actually have hard feelings against each other. This is, and like the Patriots are a team that's actually like something that he really wants to be a part of. Everything that he wants on a team is on the Patriots. They're just not known commodities. He has a running back that he can throw to. That's Ramon Stevenson. He has multiple stretchers for the field, and he has a proven wide receiver that can catch balls that, that can legitimately just catch anything he throws at him, which is Jacoby Myers. So I wouldn't throw that one out of the way. I know, obviously, Vegas is a great place for him. If he wants to win, that probably is the best destination for him, but I wouldn't throw away Patriots being the, the place to go. Guys, I think he's gonna yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. No, I just think he's going to go to Vegas. Yeah, no, I, 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 that makes sense. I mean, the, the Devontae Adams, you know, like arguably best receiver in the league. Josh McDaniels, again, all of the Super Bowls he won with the Patriots, Josh McDaniels was his coordinator. So, sure. I, mean, I mean, there's a familiarity there. Speaking of Tom Brady in terms of like what he's able to do at this point in his career, Brandon, Buckets, crew, I want to get your help. We're not talking enough, mainly because the Lakers are still below 500. What LeBron James did last night, again, post, you know, a Cowboys win in the playoffs, you know, again, we're talking about it here locally, but nationally, maybe, again, maybe because they're below 500. The stat line from LeBron James, no one has done this, by, by the way. When you look at guys in their 20th season, when you look at guys who are, I mean, again, it's a very short list of players who played 20 years, 38 years old. A lot of those guys are barely in the league kind of hanging on for one last hurrah, maybe averaging 10, 12 points a game. What LeBron James is doing right now is incredible. For Buckets, you track all these games. I mean, your thoughts on, A, what LeBron James is doing post his birthday, incredible, but what he did against Houston. I don't want to put a damper on this, Arash, but it is. It <laughs> Are is you going to crap on 50 points in a, as a 38 year? He literally went up against a player who goes up to LeBron in a great clip. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to see it. He went up to LeBron, and LeBron had no idea, probably had no idea who this kid was. He said, You played against my dad your first game, and his dad <laughs> was there. I mean, we've never, ever seen any player in their 20th season, 38 years old, doing what LeBron James is doing. Unfortunately, he's on a bad team, but incredible almost like they're not human you know from that perspective yes incredible from a perspective of the final score was like an all-star game 140 to 132 yeah. no defense was being played at all the the pace is just up and down frantic nobody wants to guard anybody from that perspective i'm not really that impressed uh, not not to take anything away from lebron and the excellence that he's been showing since he turned 38 but mm -hmm. I just I want to see it against better competition. And the rest of this week, when they play Sacramento, when they play Memphis, and then they go into Portland, that's when the real test starts. And I really think the rest of this week could get really ugly for the Lakers because you have guys like Dennis Schroeder, Thomas Bryant. They were performing at a really high level a week, two weeks ago, and now they've disappeared again. So it's LeBron by himself out there. And when it's LeBron by yourself, they just beat the Kings, what was it, a week, a week and a half ago. This Kings team is is hot now, again. And I really think they want to come into L.A., send a statement tomorrow night. And then Memphis has won 10 in a row. They come in on Friday on ESPN. Watch out, Arash. And you want to talk about hot, Damian Lillard's putting up almost 40 a night every night. They play on Sunday. Could be a... Could Portland be sucks. Rest of the week. Stop that. Portland sucks. Brooklyn. In fact, the Lakers, the Lakers the are going to... 
No, they're going to drill Portland. I'm telling you oh. right now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't taxes so. and them beating Portland on Sunday. That's <laughs> how, you're wrong. I mean, you're right about Friday. They're going to get smacked against the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are the most complete team in the NBA besides the Celtics right now. They have the best defense in the league. Lakers play no defense without Anthony Davis, Jared Jackson Jr. Going to dominate them. And obviously the Lakers, what's their biggest issue? Defending the three-pointer. They are not going to be able to stop Desmond Bain. They're going to get drilled that game. Tomorrow, I, I do think that they have a chance. Um, it's tough, but they're going to have to do is they're going to have to play Thomas Bryant more. And I know he's a liability defensively, but dude, why he's not playing, I get it. Gabriel's fine. The guy's an offensive star. You got to get him more touches. Here's here's my thing. When Alperen Shengun, who, by the way, could very well be a star player in Love the future, he's literally shooting 100% against Thomas Bryant. Now, when we play and we look at the future, and if the Lakers do make the playoffs and they end up playing a joker, Anthony Davis is the only man on the roster, which sounds, you know, common sense, but the Lakers have nobody to put against a Sabonis, to put against a Jokic, to put against any good big. They already had that problem with guards. They can't guard guards. Now they can't guard bigs. They have so many holes on the roster. It's like, it's like, it's like a boat that the holes are being poked in the boat, and now yeah. all of a sudden the water is all flowing through. And there's just there's, there's no interior defense for the Lakers. Look, sure. if LeBron has 50-plus points, they'll beat the Kings. Maybe. <laughs> that, means, that means you're giving LeBron his flowers. 48, I, I know, regardless of the opponent. I mean, that's pretty impressive regardless of how you want to shape it. And the guy's, like, legitimately played 25 years at this point because of you add in playoff experience. He's yeah. Been, there's so many miles. By the way, Tim, guy. and you were brought it up. He, I mean, again, the big chase this year is passing Kareem. He has passed Kareem already. If you count playoffs, which I kind of always thought we we should, he is already the highest growing player in league history. He's passed Kareem in terms of season, right. postseason. Um, by the way, Armani Buckets, I'm so upset. Like the last night was one of the great <laughs> nights for me as a sports fan. Cowboys won their first playoff the road game in 30 years. They're going on. LeBron James essentially a 50-point triple double and a yeah. win. And it's like Armani Buckets drops on it. I'm just like, <laughs> it's, it's we buried the lead. We buried the lead. What's the, the lead? Lakers had the Lakers had a franchise low two turnovers. That, LeBron is, the, had that, it. Yes. that is the lead. Yes. LeBron had an incredible game, and they had to squeak out a win against the worst team hey, in the NBA. Hey, hey. Last <laughs> night when I was on Twitter, the worst I, saw, I saw a Rockets, uh, a, a big Rockets uh, Twitter account say basically saying, we are now the Charlotte Bobcats of the NBA. Beautiful. And the Lakers are squeaking out wins against those teams. Yeah. Squeaking. Like, barely. Oh, okay. Okay. Brandon, speak some sense here because it's a, I I mean, a, a win is a win is a win. When you're a below 500 team, and I keep uh, saying, look. if they get above 500, I'm having a parade down Manhattan. <laughs> but that's the thing. They're not, at this rate, if you're struggling with Houston, we'll see the rest of this week. But I, on, I really dude, think they're going to go 0-3. Come on, bro. Come on. Dude, 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 dude. Okay. <laughs> they lost by one to Philadelphia, a game they should have won if it wasn't for Westbrook on that possession. Against a very good basketball team. It's won like 10 out of 12. They lost by what? Four in double overtime to Luka Doncic. Needed a master class. And I know they choked both of those games. And the Lakers struggle immensely to close games out. But they won't beat the Rockets by eight. I know they had to, quote, squeak it out, and they never play defense. Dude, a win's a win. The Bucks lost to the Pistons a couple weeks ago. I mean, this stuff happens. At least they're not losing to these awful teams. Their last loss against the bottom three team 
was the Hornets before Christmas. They're playing good basketball right now on offense. Defensively, yes, they need a lot of work. I'm hoping they can beat the Kings. Um, I think they they go one and two this week. I don't think they beat the Kings or the Grizzlies, but I do think they beat the Trailblazers. I need you to course correct. It's not the Lakers. It's LeBron James. It's not the <laughs> Lakers. It's one man. It's There's no other man. man. There's guys that can play on that I team haven't a seen them. Bit. I don't know who they are. are they Kendrick Nunn's even scoring right Kendrick now. Kendrick Nunn's. Yeah, that cool Westbrook's dunk, I falling. Westbrook's it's, been going nuts that's on true. offense. You, you, can well. say, you can say all that. You can say everyone's balling, but if they beat the Rockets by eight, that's still not... It, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. They had a five-game winning streak, and then they sure. had a three-game losing streak. So it's yeah. like, you're sure, you're, you're playing good ball, but if you're beating teams by one, two, eight, it's not really a so hey so that. Grant tell me right now who's better we got two minutes left Clippers or Lakers right now oh come on you know I am. everyone on this panel <laughs> that's disrespectful that's disrespectful <laughs> but the Clippers they were losing to the Rockets for that's, a lot of that game and then they pulled they it beat them by twenty they beat them by twenty <laughs> because <laughs> unlike the Lakers they play well in the fourth quarter that there's four quarters that's what we were game. wanting to hear from you that's what we were wanting to hear from you. When they play better, they the play teams, better than the Lakers. The teams that Brandon likes play really well for three quarters, and then they, they, they don't joke. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, like that's, the Angels, great starts uh, to the season, then they choke. Outside of the Niners, that's the most successful team right there. <laughs> what's what's oh. your record prediction for this week, Arash? You got Sacramento at home, Memphis okay. at home, Memphis. and then at Portland. One and, one and two. Well, one and yeah. two. And again, I am I am so frustrated because I, I promised myself after the start of the season, I'm not going to put myself through this with the Lakers. I'm not going to go back to crypto until they get to 500. <laughs> and my goodness, they yeah. won't allow me to go back to crypto this season. <laughs> I've been trying to go back. <laughs> He's calling a Stephen A. Smith. But Stephen yes. A. Smith will go to the Madison Square Garden until they can't watch Knicks games. Yep. Can't watch yeah. Knicks games. It's frustrating. And then, by the way, I'm with Buckets watching the Sixers game, and I had flashbacks. Like, poor Russell Westbrook. I thought he had turned the corner. Amazing game. Triple-double. This is great. And, I mean, just a terrible, terrible finish to that game. They also don't stay in that game without Westbrook, though. 100%. But that's my frustration. That's my frustration. It's like, oh, my God, he's finally playing well. At the very least, listen, if this is the end of his time here, he, he can still come back to Los Angeles and not be booed and jeered and stuff like that. I mean, that's what I always hated about it this hometown hero uh you know great high school career great collegiate career comes back and just absolutely um you know craps the bed but uh listen they he's gonna finish the season with the lakers yeah at the very least we have a lot to look forward to with both of these teams um we'll see how, how it all plays out but uh, that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is rosh markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy this is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.